Hello, and welcome to tonight's show. Um, I am, you know, I say this every single episode I say this. I always say, I'm so, t I'm so excited for tonight's guest, but tonight I'm extra excited for tonight's guest because, I mean, this is a dude who, you know, we all, we all saw this dude on TV and um, he is like, I mean, this is, this is the guy, this is the guy who does all the interviews, right? How do you, how do you interview a guy who does interviews? That's, that's gotta be, that's not a, that's a, that's a tough nut to crack, you know? So I feel a little intimidated right now. Gonna uh, do my best. I hope, I hope I, uh, I hope I soar with flying colors. I'll do the best I can. He's waiting in our digital green room. I don't even need to bury the lead. We all know it's Ricky Rackman, which is again, just an honor for, for this channel. Really, really cool to have him on. Um, and let's just look. doing me by just having a conversation because I don't like doing interviews and, and I don't like interviewing people. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what's happening. Yes. Yes. That is what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank How you. How are you? Here, How I'm are you? Awesome. Pretty good right now. Stressed is, is all hell with a million things going on, but, um, but I'm good. It's better to have a, a million things going on than have nothing going on. And I've lived life both ways. So I can tell you that for sure you you've seen the you've, you've walked through the valleys and you've stood on the hills and seen the whole landscape and been kicked off the cliffs <laughs> and buried but no matter <laughs> what people try to do i still find a way to dig myself out yeah yeah what so these are some really cool you have some cool accoutrement hanging on the wall what am i looking at behind you these these well, artifacts here is beautiful I have several. This wall is is just like golden platinum records. Wow, which, which are pretty cool. And there's suicidal tendencies, body count. Wow, Guns, Guns and Roses, Guns and Roses, Alice Cooper, White Zombie, Offspring, Ozzy, and this picture I love more than anything because this is a picture of Darby Crash from the band The Germs. And yeah. It's a, very, it's a very iconic picture, but the thing that makes that photo extra extra cool is that that's my skateboard yeah. Darby's holding and that's what and and Wait, what? yeah that's my skateboard that he was holding so even though there's like a lot like a lot of people have seen that picture that was my skateboard I mean I painted the bottom of it with like liquid paper and and took a marking pen and took stencils I, I made a little black flag on the back I drew a horrible blue circle on the front and that was my skateboard wait wait, wait. so this is hold on you are insinuating that you new Darby crash. That's like, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that's freaking crazy. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, big shout out, shout out to everybody who's in the comments, but a special shout out to our mutual friend, uh, Ace Von Johnson, just a, a stand up, wonderful guy, uh, who has a show. He's literally about to go live right now, uh, uh playing, playing guitar, um, on the stage. So Ace have a wonderful show. Thank you so much, sir. I don't and, know. Ace. Uh, oh, you don't know Ace. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you all about I, it. I want to talk shit about Ace, but the truth is, <laughs> I I love Ace so much. He is he is the kindest. I if there is somebody that I need to talk to about anything, I will. I actually, the, I hate to say it, and I hope he doesn't know this, but if other than my wife, which he was very influential in in me getting together. I think Ace is the person I would turn to before I would turn to anybody. Actually, yeah, that's wow. true. Okay, wow. after my dog or cat or bird or the wow. deer in the 
backyard, then I would turn to Ace. Ace is a good that, person. That is that is a substantial superlative for Ace. True. Truly. And I think truly. It's the same about me if he doesn't fuck him. No, I, I think I, I would imagine so, because he said that you guys were tight. And so, you know. Uh, but back, hold on a second. Back to to Darby Crash and the and the germs. So yeah, I mean, this is what so here's an interesting thing, and I, I think I, I don't know if this is I mean, this is something that Ace told me actually, that you are just like a uh, a really big punk fan, that you are uh just massively into punk rock, which is awesome. And it's just so it's just so interesting because in general, you covered so much stuff in your VJ days. You know, I mean, I mean, that's part of the thing of like, you know, if you're going to be on MTV or VH1 or do Loveline or whatever, any of the things that, the, you know, have have the cat house, uh, all the stuff that you've done that you're going to be, you know, covering the spread, but that you are a punk rock, punk rock guy underneath it all. Really cool. My second episode of Headbangers Ball, I wore a germ shirt. I mean, I have always been a punk rock guy, I guess. My roots are, and I mean, you know, and. I mean, if, if I go back to like somebody was asking me, I did an interview yesterday and they said, well, who was the first musician that you were friends with? And like the first musician that I was friends with was Jay Bentley from Bad Religion because we wow. when we were teenagers and I still love Jay and I talked to Jay and I'm, I, I love him. But the people that I knew was and when I was in high school, that's what I was into. And I was into punk rock and went to punk rock shows and and um I mean, I, 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 that, that, that was what, but, but it, it does it to me, it doesn't sound that different. I mean, I guess the, the first band to me that was like my gateway band was sort of motorhead, even okay. though as a kid, I loved Dallas Cooper, I loved Ted Nugent. I loved all that stuff. But I also, when I was a punk, I also loved motorhead and really felt that, you know, I still love motor. I have two motorhead tattoos. And that was like kind of my gateway because that was like punk rock and metal. But to me, I mean, I listen, the reason that I really like a lot of thrash and listen to a lot of thrash is to me, a lot of thrash sounds like punk rock. You know, it used to be that the metal kids used to pick on the, on the um, punk rockers, but now it's like, there's a lot of similarities and, you know, I, I, I love both. I love both types of music very much but growing up as a kid it was i was you know i said this in an interview in spin and i got so much crap for it that i said that when i grew up i was more into black flag than black sabbath because it's true that doesn't mean that i don't love black sabbath and love dio and priest and iron maiden and stuff like that but i also love black flag and the germs and tsol and di and Cockney Rejects and Angela Gubbs. I mean, that's the stuff that I listened to. I mean, when I met Ace Von Johnson, you know, Ace is, is a bit younger than me. And, you know, I always have, when somebody says they're into punk rock, there's always like, you know, a certain band that I'll throw out there to see if they're into that band. And, um, right. And, was, and for me, it was the Avengers. And I was like, you like the Avengers? I've seen like, the Avengers. Where? Yeah, I love American. I'm like, okay. And then we just, we bonded over, over our love for punk rock. He was in Faster Pussycat, but we both love the same type of music. Um, That's fantastic. And so, so hold on. I'm like, it, you sent me in like a thousand different directions here. What, what is your first, when is the first time you're exposed to punk rock? And do you remember the shift of, of you talked about, 
you know, loving that metal stuff. And were you, you know, obviously I, I would imagine that like maybe like Alice Cooper and Ted Nugent and that stuff obviously must have come first. And then at some point you get exposed to punk rock. Talk a little bit about that. I think the, I was, my best friend was this guy, Drew Bernstein, and he lived with me in the Hollywood Hills and we were skaters and, um, and we would start going to like punk rock shows. I remember the first show we went to, we saw the Ramones at UCLA. And then we said, Hey, there's this place, the cafe de grand and it's Halloween. Let's go see what, and we're like young kids, you know? And we went there and it was black flag with Keith singing and the, germs and fear and all these like incredible bands and it was just so mind-blowing because if, if if you're a rebellious skate skater you know you want something that's a little bit different and and we just we felt like this is dangerous this is so wrong and then we started going to more and more shows and got more and more entrenched in the scene um drew ended up starting a, a company called lip service which was a huge clothing company and he was very, very deep into the punk rock scene. And um, we were just going to shows together. And then I became made friends with other bands. And and there's still a couple people, you know, from bands that I that I still talk to once in a while. And, you know, if I have the opportunity, I'll always go see, you know, if I if I go see TSOL play, you know, I sit there because I know the words to every single song. I can't remember what I did last month, but dance with me. I know the words to every single song on that album. I um I am particularly a huge TSOL fan, and I start the first time I ever saw him was CBGB's 2005. And every time they come to the East Coast, or I I'm I'm at every show. I try to go to every show, and um I'm very curious to know how do you feel about the Trigger Complex? Um, I know that a lot of their fans were a lot of their hardcore fan base was not with it. Um. And so it seems to be a very polarizing record. I, I don't know if you've listened to it much. I'm a big Jack Grisham fan. Okay. And I think Jack is incredible. And as far as I hope he watches this show. So he knows what a fan I am of him. Cause I, as a person, I really like Jack a lot as well. Um, and Jack's been in a lot of different bands. He was in a band called joy. Joy Killers. killer. Yep. Is great band. Awesome. Should have been. Huge. That first Should've record been. is secretly oh, a TSOL God. record in a way. If you listen to that first record, oh, it's no. very yeah. No, okay, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. What was the first? Um, I think it's self-titled, but hear me out. It's not early TSOL. It right. sounds very much. It ha- shares a lot of DNA with Disappear, with Divided We Stand, and with the Trigger Complex. Those records, and and maybe uh, in in uh, Life Life Death and Pursuit of. Uh, free downloads, which was that free album they did for Hurley. But um, right. it's there's a lot, and Ron plays guitar in it. It's not obviously, it's not, it doesn't have Mike on it and it doesn't have Todd on it, but uh, or Greg, but it there's a lot of DNA with with like uh, later TSOL with Jack back in the band. Jack isn't, I mean, Jack has done stuff like you know, like very like he's put out. Jack Gershom wants to be okay. He's he would like me saying this. Jack Gershom wants to be Brian Ferry. Okay, that's who he wants to be. I think if you could ask him who would you want to be, he'd want to be Brian Ferry, and he could do that because he is a bit of a crooner and he's got very much know, so romantic music and mm-hmm. smooth music. But he, you know, it's like if you put out the same record for decades, you're stale, and there's nothing wrong in changing. Um, was Trigger he's a seeker? He's a seeker. 
Yes. Was that the album that had the um the cover of that like R and B song? Did it just one thing that keeps me? No, that was a single that they just put out digitally, and they did a seven inch for it. So good. I couldn't stop too. Stuck in my head, and now it's gonna be stuck in my head again. And it was not TSOL. It was a a cover. Have you listened to the demo? No. Have you listened to? They did a demo in 2005 when they had uh, uh, Tiny on when they first got Tiny on drums. They did a demo. Um, It was four songs. They did a cover of Lou Reed's "Perfect Day." They did a cover of "Politics" by The Damned. I think I did hear it because I knew Tiny. I know Tiny very well, so I probably heard it. He he was a great man. He was a he was really bedrock drummer for them for many years. Yeah, I, I, I I like Tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their new guy is good too. I like uh, Antonio. He he's a solid. He's a solid uh, player as well. I haven't but seen no, him for several years, but I sure want him. Um, Trigger Complex is the one where it's like I think there's a gun on the cover. It's just it's the latest record they did and. Uh, it's just got some great music and you know, it, what you're talking about, about like not wanting to do the same stale record. Those guys are searching, man. They're just like searching for their sound. They're just, they're trying new things. And, you know, and I feel like they got a lot of, they got a lot of flack from like people like, Oh, it's not like the self-titled LP. The same thing happened. You could say the same thing about bad religion. And I go see Bad Religion all the time. And their albums are so different. And the songs are so good. I mean, I like it. I don't like it if I heard something. I'm not going to put shade on any bands. But there's some bands that have done things that were obviously, you know, a money grab. That they wanted to do this because they wanted to attract new fans. And I think there's also bands that like to do stuff just because they want to do new stuff. I don't think they try to record something to be huge the last thing i heard from tsol was him doing sweet transvestite yes with keith morris as brad yeah. it's yeah. Uh, see i think I, I mean i would i could totally see jack playing frankenfooter on the stage great would that be great the best that would be the best and oh. you know what i i commented that on facebook and he hearted that he hearted that comment and I think that, you know, and that guy is like off. He's doing the movie right now. The movie's coming out. Very excited for that. The Ignore Heroes documentary. Um, if if somehow that manifested, I would be very happy. I would love to see that happen. It'd just be good. He's yeah, I, wonder, I should ask Jack why I'm not. In, I'd like to be in that documentary. That band is so important to me. Oh, oh man. It, it's, it's in the can, I think. I, well, here's the thing. He was very specific. He just wanted to interview the members of the band and not anybody, not Joe Wood, not Mitch, not anybody who came afterwards. It was just about TSL from their perspective. The truth is, um, even though I'm a Jack guy, but the truth is probably the biggest song they ever had was with, was with Joe Wood and with Mitch. I mean, that was nothing for you. The name, name is love. Oh, I don't even know if I, is that, that must be on, is that's not on change today, is it? They were on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, I know, I know that. I mean, they were opening for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, they were like, that was big. I mean, that was a great rock band. I wish it wasn't called TSOL because I think Joe was and it would have been same. There's a lot of bands that have put out records that I just wish it wasn't there. I wish Chinese Democracy was the actual solo record. It would have been huge. You know, it would have been even better because it was, it was, it was so good. 
but um it's it's brand confusion that's what it comes down to it just creates brand confusion and what happens inevitably is you get people making comparisons no one should be comparing joe wood and jack grisham it should just be two no, separate I mean, bands it's like, two separate things it's real i mean even when when dio went into sabbath it would it, it was totally different but it was still sabbath but joe wood and and tsol was like acdc you know yeah yeah well that that first record is still very got it's very gothic uh change today but then yeah it yeah. just after very that it just gothic. it's very new romantic gothic in fact, I saw shows, I was, you know, I was going down the YouTube rabbit hole and they were still, you know, they had dropped all the songs, the, all the, all the original material. And the only song that they had carried over from Jack when Jack was still singing was Silent Scream. So it's Joe Wood doing Silent Scream and his version is very interesting. It's a very good adaptation. It's different. Um, again, it's kind of, you know, I've always like liking these sort of things to like, Joy Division and New Order. It's like you lose the guy, you change the name. And New Order has respect and legitimacy in everything that it does. No one's going, well, you know, they're just trying to cash in on being Joy Division. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that. And the problem is bands, it, uh, you know this business better than anybody, right? It, it, it all comes down to, to the name of the band. You know, it's going to get you a certain type of guarantee. And, you know, it's good for record deals. It's the same thing happened with Christian Dad. Nine call ourselves Christian death, and that creates the same problem that happened with TSOL that happened with the misfits. It just it this always happens, and I don't know, it just comes down to that stuff. When when Michael Graves sang for the misfits, I was so like, I ain't gonna listen to this band, this is stupid. I'm not gonna listen to some other guys. <laughs> then I listened to it, I was like, it's not so bad, it's kind of good, you know. But it wasn't it, misfits because to me, Glenn is a misfit. Uh, say, agree 100% agree on that. And I want to ask you about Danzig a little later on, but um, yeah, it's just like that, those albums are bittersweet because it's under any other name, it would just be, yeah, that's great for what it is it just sucks when it's like oh that's misfits but this is misfits this is not misfits this is misfits. You know, i'm you know? such a big jack grisham fan um it was tso no actually you know what i had tsol with um joe played the cat house many times but tender fury right played, that's just right Tender Fury played with jack and i think jack might have played with other bands for all i know cathedral of tears I don't know if it was Cathedral of Tears, but it was other bands that that, that I think he they played with at Cat House. Wow. Um, so you really got to see. So did you go to you went to clubs like the Mask and stuff when it was like Mask once, yeah. um, Madame Monks, Cafe de Grand, Godzilla, wow. um, Fleetwood, Starwood. Uh yeah. You man, what a what a slice, man. A slice of of history that you got to uh witness and then i don't know this i don't actually know this story how so how did you eventually move how did you get on tv like how did that all happen it's a story that i've told a gajillion times uh, give it to me in a nutshell we don't have to go into it just in a nutshell uh, uh i became became well known for the club the cat house which was my rock and roll club right which um was just great and everything hollywood and wonderful 
and um, Axel Rose helped and his manager, Dougie, they helped me get the job at MTV. They talked to the people at MTV and they're like, hey, you, you know, how about Ricky Rackman, the guy? And they're like, the guy that owns the cat wow. house. And Axel was like, here, I'll go to New York with you for your audition. So me and Axel flew to New York for my audition. Oh, wow. so it probably helped a lot because I wasn't very good. So it, it sure helped that I went in there with him. Wow. Um, and Cat House, now you just, so you you sort of like jumped into the coffee business. Um, well, Cat House, I've had Cat House Apparel and I was doing Cat House right. Podcast. And the brand is still very strong. I own 100% of the copyright and trademark of Cat That's House. That's awesome. I can do whatever I want with it. And Beautiful. And I did only do really good things with it. But even though, you know, everybody has got a coffee company. Everybody's got a coffee. Every band's got a coffee company. And most people just license their names and really don't give a rat's ass. They're just like, and what happened was for people that know me, they know that I've worked with different coffee companies for decades. Death Wish Coffee was a big sponsor of my ride, my charity motorcycle rides. And I worked with Death Wish for many, many years and just really, really great, great people. And, um, I had always said, you know what, I want to do a coffee that's that's different. And I, I know a little bit about coffee. And then, you know, I got married and I would talk to my wife and it's like we, we'd go to Costa Rica and visit plantations. And she's from France, so they consume coffee a little bit differently. But it's like, you know, coffee, I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, I was a full-blown alcoholic and drug addict. I don't know if I would have been stayed clean as long as I did without coffee. I mean, I need coffee and I love coffee and coffee is romantic. The and bitter all, black, the bitter it, black. It's, it's got so <laughs> many things. So, so I, I met with some roasters and I was like, you know what? I want to do a coffee company. So all these companies started sending me all their bands. I got in one day, I got Alice Cooper, Twisted Sister, Rob Zombie. Wow. Kid um disturbed uh ac slade who plays with with um misfits and also yeah yeah plays, yeah joan yeah. jett too yeah yeah he has his own company cat when fight talk, when, what, right but when i talk about companies licensing their names to do coffee i do not put him in that category like like ac has a really great coffee and he's very very much involved in that and whenever I have questions, I like to turn to AC. So, but it was like companies were asking me like, dude, why don't you do Cat House Coffee? Why don't you do Headbangers Brew? Why don't you do Ricky Red? I was like, I don't want to do that. So, so <laughs> me and my wife started working with different roasters and we came up with a couple of blends. So we decided that we were going to come out with our own coffee called Cat House Coffee. Um, we are very much involved to the point of we stayed up all night designing the bags. We go there when they're roasting. We sh we ship them out of my office. Today, I was at the office stacking all the things up. I try to build the website. If somebody buys it, it comes right from me. I mean, it's very, very involved. And uh, it is a company that is owned entirely by Leah Vendetta and myself. And we think it's really, really good coffee. And we decided we were going to try two blends, a medium dark and a dark, just to see if people liked it. And we said, okay, we'll just do a hundred bags, a hundred of each bag up for sale. And it sold out in two hours. And wow. Like, oh, okay. So now we're like working hard, trying to design bags and we're going to school to learn more about coffee. And, uh, you know, we don't have, this as a big get rich, rich plan. No, it's this passion. 
we want to have people because I really like, 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 I can't wait to wake up in the morning and have cat house coffee. And I know that sounds <laughs> fuck, but it's that damn good. And, um, I'm really excited. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of political coffee companies. that's just freaking stupid. And really? I mean, <laughs> all right, I'll look at, I'll Google it. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Some of them, there's some companies and I don't want to throw shade on them because they're just getting <laughs> say things. One of the companies is a very, very, very successful coffee company. That's very, very big. That's in all the stores and you know, and it's just, it's, it's fine what they're doing. It's just not what I want to do. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's bad what they do. It's just not what I want to do. Um, I try to, put, you know, a little, our hashtag is go forward. And we like to try to put, you know, something positive out there. And and I don't care who you are. If, if you like our coffee, you know, it's for you. And um, it, it's something that that's very fun, but you know, we don't have a marketing person. We don't have a social media person. It's all we, you. It's all me, which is tough because I've got so many other things going on, but I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. All right, I'm okay. Level with me. What is okay? And and I have a pitch for you. I have a pitch for you. But first, level with me. What is the most fascinating? Holy shit! I did not know that sort of fact that you learned in whatever coffee school or coffee edge education slash going down the rabbit hole. Is there something that you learned about coffee that just sort of like blew your <laughs> mind? It, it wasn't something, I mean, I, I think that it, it's interesting that the big differences between Robusta and Arabica that, that, you know, that people talk about having this strong coffee and having coffee with so much caffeine. And the truth is, if you use a Robusta bean, you can have stronger coffee, but it kind of doesn't taste very good to me. Mm. But I think the funny thing that I never thought about is, yes, our coffee has, I mean, when you want to make really, really strong coffee, if you want to have really, really strong coffee, just put more coffee in it and it'll be stronger. And if you really want like really strong coffee, then why don't you just drink some coffee that tastes good and take a couple caffeine pills? It's like everybody's talking about this and that. Our coffee has a lot of caffeine in it, but that's not the selling point. The selling point is our coffee tastes fucking good. Right. Um, I want a good take. I want a good tasting cup of coffee in the morning. Some of the most expensive coffees are coffee that's that's like grows out of shit shit plants in certain areas I, okay that was my okay that was my pitch to you ready all right sort of my pitch it's not oh this is God. like a, this is a joke pitch oh just ricky let me just tell you this i just it just came to me it just you know what i'm you already know what i'm gonna say you probably made this joke you probably made this joke a hundred times you know about the coffee that comes from the cat they the cat eats the coffee beans and then he poops them out and then it's like a it's like a hundred dollar cup of coffee what's that called what, what's the name of that that cat thing do you know what i'm talking about Cat shit. No, it's not cat shit. But what's the name of the cat? You know, that's South American animal. It's not even really a cat. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You got to have that. You got to do a, a bag of that sort of, of that stuff. Because apparently it tastes really, really good. I would try it. I would, I would try it. I don't know. I don't know if I'd spend a hundred dollars on a, on a cup of it, but I would definitely try that uh that coffee just to see what everybody's talking about i love coffee i'm a big fan and somebody's sitting around there going dude let's see if somebody's gonna buy this coffee that we grew out of <laughs> shit and you tell everybody it's good <laughs> you think anybody will do it yeah people do stupid that's great i hope you enjoy it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh 
I mean, I've got two cats, but I, I don't have any visions of making No, cats. no, it's but it's like a tree cat that lives in South America and it eats the beans. It's like the digestive process or something. I, I thought uh, this this stuff is this stuff is mind blowing that this is like real. And people pay a hundred dollars for a cup of this coffee. It's like uh uh, you know, it's one of the, it's like an experience. It's more about the experience, I think, than the, than people the morning cup of coffee. Watch, people watch the big bang theory. So there you go. Okay. That is true. So, that is so, true. There you go. Um, there, you know, I'm, I'm still learning a lot about coffee and it, it is something that is, it's very, you know, subjective, you know, to what is yeah. good. What do you people want? Um, you know, what, it, when, when people say like, you know, there's so many different ways, whether it's a Chemex or an AeroPress or, yeah. or, a, but if you ask people, how do you make coffee? Most people make coffee through a drip machine. Yeah. And I could, and, and if I, if I sold to people that were only making coffee through a Chemex or, or an AeroPress, those people probably, even though I use a Chemex, that's how I make coffee or I use a, is that the, is that like the beaker that drips down? What is a Chemex? Yeah. Chemex is a, is a, is a, it's actually Chemex have been around much longer than people think they are, but it's, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of glass and yeah. you take a filter in it, put some water in the filter. Oh, there, there's actually a whole, I have whole, one. Yeah. I have one of those. Well, there's, there's certain things that people don't do when they make coffee to make your coffee really good. Put your coffee, a little bit of coffee, the coffee in there that you're going to make and pour a little bit of hot water and give like 45 seconds for the coffee to bloom. Yes. Yes. And to breathe and let the, all the gases. Yes. And then you pour the coffee in there. Um, I, you know, I'll typically, I'll do a French press uh, just in the morning, quick, easy French press. I do have that very thing upstairs and it's pour over and it's a glass beaker. Actually the first one broke. I guess the glass was not, I mean, they're very, it's, they're kind of, they're, they're very fragile. You can't really, it's not, it's, you gotta be careful with them. I don't know if you know about the, the glass chemics, but they are made out of glass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very, that is very, that is very. You make, when you get things that are made out of glass, you have to realize that they're made out of glass. They're made out of glass. You can't. No, I, I, I have different ways to, you know, I've used a K cup. I'm not making K cups yet, but um, yeah. Cat coffee is very, but drink what you like. If if you like, um, agreed. If you like freezers choice or whatever it's called, so what? Just drink what you like. But I think if you drink cat house coffee, I think you're going to like it because I do. And we have a link to, we have a link to the website down in the description. Yeah, if anybody know. wants to, Go I check better, out more, find out more information. The website then, because the website isn't isn't. I gotta go work on the website. You need Squarespace. You need Squarespace. It's the best. I'm a big fan of Squarespace. That's we, not a advertisement. Just we sold out of all the coffee right now, but we're gonna do. We're the thing is now Lee and I are designing the bags, so that's gonna take a while. So we're gonna have another 500 bags of coffee, and you know we'll probably start taking pre-orders on that very soon. Very cool. Very cool. Now you mentioned the rides and you also, I know that you're very much, you do, you, you do a lot of service, a lot of service. It seems, um, I don't know if that's connected with just, I don't know what, what, what that's connected to, if that's connected to being a sober person or whatever, but, um, tell me more about that and, and how, how that sort of manifests or how that manifested. Is it connected directly to just the rides um, the, do you do other sort of like just totally? Well, we all that. should. We all should. Yeah. Do oh, stuff. totally. Sometimes totally. it's just don't be an asshole. Don't feel the need. To Agreed. 
somebody that you don't like, you don't like them. But as far as, um, you know, I've, I've been riding motorcycles, you know, I've, I've, I've been a biker for a long time, but when I go ride, I ride for than most people do. And, um, and then I found that a lot of people really like following my rides. So I started, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I remember, uh, one year, like when, when, when Eddie Spaghetti had cancer from the super suckers, I was like, Hey, let's everybody, let's donate some money to Eddie Spaghetti, you know? And so we raised a couple grand and then I started doing more and more. And then I'd, I'd hook up with a bigger charity and a bigger charity. So basically I go out on these rides and ride pretty far and um ask people to donate and every penny goes to the charity and you know i two years ago raised uh i said say me because because leah goes on the back of the bike with me um i gave a check to stop soldier suicide for thirty two thousand dollars and wow i'm association and this year we're riding for the victory junction camp which is a camp that helps kids with serious illnesses and we're really just starting and I've already raised $18,000, but because I have a publicist, nobody knows about this and I don't get any attention or anything. And I pay for the gas and I pay for the hotel and I pay for all that stuff, which is very, very expensive. So if people buy cat house shirts, let, they should know that helps support the ride. So when somebody donates $100, when they donate, it goes straight to the charity. And the thing that we do that, that makes, I think these rides really fun is people follow the ride and they tell us places to go. They're like, hey, we're you're going to, you know, this place in Portland, Maine. This is where you have to get lobster or this is where you have to get Boston cream pie. Or, did you know that that hotel in Colorado is where Stephen King wrote The Shining? Or did you know? Oh, that? yes. In Estes Park. In Estes Park. We, we stayed there. That's where my dad's and, from. Yeah. And we, oh, really? And we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just we've only ridden two. Oh no, did I freeze or did he freeze? So much stuff and um, it's really, really fun. I'm gonna leave on Monday by myself. I'm gonna ride all the way up to, eventually I'm gonna end up in Portland, Maine, which is about a thousand miles away. Oh wow. Leah's, Leah's gonna jump on the back of the bike. Then we're gonna go all ride all around and end up back in North Carolina. And then in August, we're going to ride from North Carolina to Sturgis to get, then we're going to go up to Washington and then take the coast all the way down to Los Angeles. And altogether, the ride this year is going to be about 10,000 miles. Wow. Now do you, okay. Now do you listen to music when you're doing the ride or is it more just like, I like this quiet yeah. meditative. Interestingly enough, when I ride by myself, sometimes I do. And the music that I listen to is not the same music I'd listen to if I'm at home or when I'm driving. I listen to, I mean, there's an album out right <coughs> with Shooter Jennings and Yellow Wolf that I just can't stop playing. I listen to mellower stuff. I'll listen to Lucinda Williams and, cool. and Shooter and Waylon and a lot of that stuff and, and a lot of everything. And sometimes like, you know, I'll get heavier and listen to heavy music in the daytime. But me and Leah, we're, we have these devices made by this company called Senna that we put on our helmet and we put it on my helmet and then it's also on her helmet so we can talk to each other this, right. as easy as we're talking. And the truth is like, there's something wrong with us. All we do is talk to each other all day, coast to coast, God two months bless. on and <laughs> all we do is talk to each other. And like, I could be writing, you know, 
in the middle of the Texas heat and it's 110 and she knows that I'm tired and all of a sudden she'll just say something nasty in my ear or she'll say, I want coffee. And she'll pick up her phone and say, Hey, we're 15 miles away from this really cool coffee shop. Or did you know that they should? So basically while I'm riding, she's on the phone finding cool places to stop or, and we have live tracking so people can follow us along the way. Oh, so, wow. So occasionally we put on music. Um, I'm going to make a playlist when I ride up to New Hampshire by myself. Cause that's like, you know, four or five days and I'll probably put music on. But when, when it's just her and I riding, honestly, if we spent, 600 miles on a motorcycle, maybe like four hours. No, not 600 miles. If we spent 600 hours on a motorcycle, maybe four of it is listening to music. We're talking to each other. And if you said, what do you guys talk about? I don't know. I mean, how can these people that are married talk? That's an advertisement for marriage. Be like, find the person who you could talk to for hours on a motorcycle. What I suggest, if you're going to get married to somebody, go ride a thousand miles with snow and heat and different conditions, because then you'll really see what the person is like, you know, like, you know, I run out of gas in the middle of New Mexico and we're in the middle of the desert and somebody's going to have to in a car and somebody's going to stay with a bike and see how you two cope with something like that and see what happens when it's hailing or when it's heat. And if you can talk to each other and you know, that's without just sounding really, really corny and making everybody ill, that's what really made me completely go nuts for this woman because we love talking all the time it's just bizarre we have a really good i mean there's nothing i like more than riding a motorcycle with her you know there you go uh we're gonna take a super quick sponsor break two seconds do you need stickers if you need stickers out there uh check out our sponsor riotstickers.com they oh if you need stickers ricky this is where you need to go you go riotstickers.com there you go. These guys are the best. They printed the banner behind me. They print they print stickers, vinyl stickers. They don't they're just fantastic. Go to riotstickers.com. Check them out today. I'm going to play our 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 60 second uh video advertisement uh before we continue our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop Rick. scratching the chair. There you, there you go. Yeah, don't no scratching of chairs. Riotstickers.com. They are the bomb. Do they Just do die cut stickers? They do die cut stickers. Um, 
They've done, they've done, they, yes, they do die cut stickers. I don't know what the current scenario is with die cut stickers, but I do know that they have. Check them out. Riotstickers.com. Sharpie Riot. Great guy. Um, okay, Ricky, I, I have to confess something. You've fallen into a trap. You, you, you didn't realize this. You actually have fallen into a trap. You didn't realize that I am a massive, massive misfits, Sam Hain, Danzig nerd that just loves these bands and wants to ask you every, you know, question in the book about just hanging out with Glenn Danzig and just all of, you know, your experiences. I've seen all your broadcasts. I didn't realize that you had done love line with Glenn Danzig as well. You did a whole bunch of stuff um, yeah. over the years. And, and it, what's interesting is the two of you are so synonymous with each other in a variety of ways, just from, you know, it's like lore. It's like, I guess it's almost like internet lore in the sense of like, you know, Ricky's, you know, breaking Glenn's balls on headbangers ball. He's going to watch it, Ricky, watch it. He's going to throw you into the fire or you're in a German castle. And you know that he's going to get so mad if you say uh plan nine or whatever. He's like, look, look, just going to finally do this. I'm going to set the record straight. You should have asked about it then. Didn't ask about it then. Don't ask about it now. Um, it's just, I love seeing your relationship in those broadcasts. I just find it really like endearing and amusing and wonderful. And um, what what was your, and what I want to ask you first is, what was your like exposure or experience or when did you first come across the Misfits uh, in your punk rock. The, the funny thing, the funny thing that you, that you say, which, which is really nice what you said, but it's like, you get it. It's like, you have no idea how many people think that Glenn hates me, which would be the same thing that thinks that, that Dave Mustaine hates me. And it's like, you, you, we all take the piss out of our friends. You know, that's what we do. Right. And, um, and I, I became aware of the misfits purely as a fan I didn't. Wow. This, I didn't see the Misfits play live um, back in the day. I never. I just never did. Um, I think I was more my West Coast thing, so I never really saw the Misfits. I used to listen to the Misfits, but even when I was on Headbangers Ball, I was listening to the Misfits because the Misfits are fun. I like the Misfits, but I met Glenn through Headbangers Ball, and when he started doing all the records with Rick Rubin and everything, I just. I mean, I was such a ridiculous fan that anytime I could say anything about Glenn Danzig solo stuff, I could because he's so damn good, you know? And then he ended up just becoming I a agree more. that was just very, very nice to me and did did many very, very nice things for me. And he always did it kind of like, you know, with a tongue in cheek. But um and, and when Misfits played last time, I went to go see them. And uh, I, it was actually Doyle that took care of me because I am friends with Doyle. And I got to see Glenn backstage. And everybody's like, you know, Glenn doesn't see anybody backstage. And they always went and saw me. And it was, it was just really neat seeing Glenn. And Doyle is just, there is nobody on the planet that is a bigger walking contradiction than Doyle. Because Doyle is, is just like evil, menacing person. And the truth is, he's like the like the, if if somebody said like what's one word you would describe Doyle, it'd be sweet. He's just a sweet guy. He's just a really nice, nice 
guy. I really like Doyle. You know, he's 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 a caring person. Um, what so did it blow your mind being you know being around back then, running in those circles, or you know running in the circles that you ran, being aware of all that stuff to see that they finally were going to have this reunion. And and let me let me ask you this as someone who was both around like the Guns N' Roses camp and whatnot and the Misfits camp, which would you say I think I know what you're going to say the bigger deal was. Do you think what what do you think was the more epic bigger deal? Is that really putting you on the spot? You don't have to answer yes. that if you don't want to. Yes. I mean, for me uh, Okay. I didn't think, just keep I it up this bit. I'll say this. I didn't think Slash and Axel would ever play together. I just didn't think that was ever going to happen. So the fact that it did was really, really great. But the Misfits, I just didn't think I'd ever get the chance to see. And then to go see them play in a huge, huge arena sold out and be really fucking good. I mean, it was it was one of I actually me and Ace we flew to Philly to go see the Misfits, and it was it was one of the my all time favorite shows. I mean, the sound was terrible, and I think it was all done on purpose. Like I think Glenn, because if I think the sound was was bad on purpose, because I think Glenn wanted it to feel like a club because otherwise you think that Glenn would just get pissed off. Like it sounds like shit. It sounds muddy. It's a, but he didn't. He just played and played and played. And it was like, I don't know if you've seen the misfits in the past six years or something. They're really, three times. They're so good. They're I was so at that, that good. Madison square sh uh, garden show was on that show. I, I, I like, here's the thing. If I never see it again, I'm like, it's okay. Because that to me was like the pinnacle of just, and it was, it was really surprising. Like when, when the Misfits got back together, never in a million years did I think they'd play at a place like Madison Square Garden or the Spectrum. And they did, and they sold them out. And I was like, are the Misfits that big? Like, I didn't realize the Misfits. And then seeing the people that were at the shows, and I was like, I didn't really realize that the Misfits were that big. Nothing is impossible in life if if people are willing to pay Glenn and Jerry enough money that they will get on stage together and play right. together. There's not like nothing. I truly believe anything is possible in life because that was so unlikely to ever happen. That was such a deep uh, sort of whatever you want to call it, riff beef, whatever the, the thing, whatever the grudge was. Uh, it's just amazing that it, it, and I always like to hear people's reactions to you know especially again whether you saw them back in the day or not just the osmosis of being into punk rock and being a fan of the misfits and i noticed we have here in the comments people were asking you you mentioned thrash i'd love to hear your your opinion on this why do the misfits sort of get the metal pass do you know what i mean when i say that hmm um like this notion that the misfits are like the great unifier between these camps in the sense that that metalheads love the misfits and punk rockers. I would say, I would say if I was going to talk about a band that is the band that, that gets both, both, it would be motorhead motorhead. Well, yeah. Motor, of course. Yeah. And to be honest, when I heard the misfits were doing a reunion, it didn't feel right to me to be quite honest. It was like the misfits are doing a reunion. They're playing stadiums. It felt 
and I, I, I hope no, none of them hear this and get mad at me. They won't. But it, it almost, it almost felt, it almost felt a little hot topic to me that the misfits were getting back together and playing a stadium. I went to the show and I was like, it was so good. Like if they said they're playing right now and I have to fly across the country to go, I would go, I'd go see the misfits a million times because it was a really, really fun show. I don't want to think that the reason that they got the pass was because the guys in Metallica were wearing the shirts. I don't want to think that. I don't want to, but I wonder if that could have been a reason. But I mean, there was always a lot of guys that, that I think Jeff Hanneman had misfit stickers or, and I think that, that there was probably a lot of guys that also, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question why they do, but it's true. Like that was a band that, that some thrash people like and, 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 and punks as well. Um, so in the night, and here's the other interesting thing is that like, you knew it's like you knew Glenn at like the height of his Danzig powers. Like when, when they had reached sort of the, the pinnacle of everything. And, um, and you had, there was, he they played your part they played they played a party where like chuck biscuits was like playing an acoustic guitar what was that all about you know what oh i'm my, talking I about think, well, i don't think it was chuck i thought it was i thought it was john but i but so this is crazy so danzig would play my birthday parties and all these i'd have these like crazy birthday parties and he played my birthday so i had this one club called bordello that didn't get near the attention that cat house did but the truth is Bordello was just rad because it was a dance club DJ, Joseph Brooks, and it was very sleazy, very decadent. And obviously, like, you know, Glenn would go there because there was always beautiful women there and stuff like this. And I don't know how the conversation happened, but I think it was Glenn was like, I like I had a back room that was smaller than it was a very, very small room. And I would just put this blues band playing, you know, and they were just this old blues band. And the only way you could get into that back room is I had to go to the doorman and say, this person's okay. Like a speakeasy. It, it didn't matter who the hell you were or how much money you had. If if you if we were cool, you got to sit in this room because it was that small. So one day, Glenn's like, hey, can I just, you know, play the blues back there one day? And I was like, like, really? He's like, yeah, just, just don't tell anybody. Unlike other promoters, um, I didn't tell anybody. I, I I said, my club is going to be crowded regardless. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody, right? So it's Halloween, okay? And I remember this because I dressed up as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and I had the full do-do-do-do-do. And I remember walking up to Glenn. Glenn was in, like, the kitchen. And I walked up to Glenn. And I was like, do-do-do-do-do-do. And Glenn was like, and I was like, and he's like, you know, kind of walking away. And then I was like. <laughs> and he could tell he was getting very uncomfortable. And then I was like, dude, it's Ricky. And, and he got a kick out of it. And what happened was Glenn would sit on the stage with a bottle of wine. And maybe it was Chuck. I don't remember. I thought it was, was would have been John because he showed up at the club all the time. But maybe it was Chuck. And they just sat in the back room and people would mosey in. And it was not like a whole lot of people in the room. And one guy said... Dude, the guy in the back room thinks he's da Glenn Danzig, <laughs> and I was like, "You, yeah, yeah." Like, like most promoters would like Glenn Danzig is playing my club in the back room, but I was like, 
fuck it. Let people just walk in and hear this dude playing the blues. And when it comes to just like, if there's any shows that you ever would like to hear, you'd love to be in a small club and hear Glenn Danzig singing the blues. Cause he's good. He's so good. And, uh, I wish I could go back to that day to realize how special that is. It's like, you know, my life at that time was just so many incredible things happening that I never really st stood back and took it all in. And I'd love to go back in that day and not be the club promoter and just sit back there and listen to him play the blues in my club because it was, it was pretty rad. That is a pretty freaking rad story. Um, and I love the idea of just, goofy goofing on glenn with uh with in a costume and then it's like you take it off or whatever and it's like oh it was just ricky the whole time yeah uh, that, but that's like that's but that's what i mean when i say like that idea that notion of of the plate the the there's there was definitely I, at least the way i read it when i would watch these videos that are now archived on youtube forever it, it always seemed playful to me that's what it I seemed think, like. I think he always wanted to be the, like the, you know, there's people that think that Glenn wanted to throw me in the fire. And I think he was always very like mean, kind of harsh to me. But uh, it, every time, like if you watch some of the videos of me and Glenn, whenever he's saying stuff, it almost seems like he, he wants to start laughing. He wants to smile. He, you could, he's hiding it. He's trying to hide the smile. But Harry Vaughn just wanted to be a dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> dick to me every single opportunity he could he was just always a dick he called you up on love um you guys were on love line and he called up somebody called somebody called saying hey my girlfriend slept with chuck and like like you know i'm really upset that chuck slept with my girlfriend allegedly allegedly that chuck slept with my girlfriend and that he has a responsibility as a, like someone who's famous to like not like, you know, uh, wheeze on other people's girlfriends. And then someone right after that calls up and it was eerie. Eerie had called the love line. And while Glenn was on the Glenn was on the air with you guys and uh, was just breaking balls about about the, the whole Chuck thing. I don't remember any of these things. I wish somebody would. I mean, somebody says, like, why don't you ever do a documentary? I'm like, I wish somebody would do a documentary because I don't remember any of these things. You got to you got do you, you you've having are you have any kind of material for like documented for a book of any kind like you know i write down and i've got yeah. some ideas thing i might i might there's some things i'm there's some some ideas i might be thinking about doing a spoken word thing and stuff like that cool so we'll see we'll see that might be happening that's such a perfect that's such a perfect vehicle for you for someone who yeah. is comfortable in front of the camera who knows how to talk who is personable and who can literally just hold his own by himself. Yeah, I wish I knew all those stories. Like I wish I could remember everything, but I've still got some really good ones too. I'm sure. I'm sure you do, man. I'm. I'm sure you do. Let me ask you about mythology. And yes, this relates to the misfits, but even more like like macro, like zooming out, like the idea of like pre-internet. And I guess obviously it gets amplified with the internet as well. This notion of like. There's no like people just like would just talk word of mouth about like things, little like dr drips and drabs of things that they pick up and how like this sort of like mythology. I think the misfits are and whatever any of Glenn's projects, you know, are, are one of the prime examples of people just 
sort of like the, these these little incidents happen and then they they snowball into these big sort of telephone games and um just become like larger than life just as big as the 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 musician whether it's glenn or whoever themselves um what was that like did that what, what was your opinion or what was your viewpoint of that sort of stuff in the 90s and the late 80s and yada 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 did you see a lot of that i have no idea what you're talking <laughs> okay moving on moving on um yeah go ahead do you have to pee go pee Go pee. We're live. We're live right now. You can. It's okay. I pee all the time when I have to go pee. Go pee. Okay, hold on. It's. Oh, oh my lord. He's actually <laughs> doing it right now. No, I'm if you not. really have to pee, you can. You could totally do that. I'm you could, longer you could... do this. Um. No, I. Hey, what I do to go pee. Go talk. I'll go, be back in go, a few minutes. Go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um. Yeah. So this is this is really special, you guys, to have ricky on the air right now um he is going to urinate um i totally get that i i've really sort of become accustomed to sitting in the same spot for a long time and holding it in like some sort of urine camel um if that is a thing let's see here um but yeah it's just it's really nice to have ricky on really appreciate his time so great could see all the records behind him He's got his, uh, that's so cool that he knew Darby Crash. We didn't even ask him about that. When well, I'm looking at some of these comments. Yeah, you just have a bucket nearby, worst case scenario. You know, when I do the sponsored break, that's when I go to pee real quick if I can. I jump up. Uh, if I can do it, I go, I come back, sit down, make it happen. It's good. Um, and hold on, let me see what else. What else? Oh, here's Ace talking about the Keith Morris cameo in, in uh, Sweet Transvestite. Um, hold on, I'm looking uh, through these. Oh, he's back. He's back. Half the work, and we've been on for an hour, and I don't think anybody's really watching. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally get it. Totally, totally get it. Um, I'm curious to know. Um, tell me, first of all, tell me about your work. Okay, let me ask you this. Two, two things. Thing number one, love line today in today's environment, as opposed to in the nineties, does love line sort of like the concept of love line hold up the idea of like, you know, calling up and you have like a, a doctor on the air and you're, you're asking him sort of, you know, all these sort of really personal questions live on the radio. Um, how does that, does that still work today? You think? Yes. Yes. I would do that in a second. I love doing that show. That show was great. Um, yeah, I think, it, I mean, the thing is back then, you know, it was a little bit shocking. You were hearing people tell things that people don't talk about, but now people talk about everything. It's very, very open. But I still think that people have questions and they like to get other people's advice and they like to throw it off somebody anonymously. So I think, yeah, I think that show would completely still work. I'd love to do that show again. That show was so much fun and so, so easy. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine really easy, really uh, effortless to go from, say, uh, from being a VJ to just going on the air like that. I did both of them. For a while, I did Loveline and Headbangers Ball at the same time. Wow. 
it was fun to be on k-rock and i was on stations all over america but it was on fun on k-rock because k-rock was in a lot of headbangers ball viewers it was you know alternative so it was nice because there was there's still people that did, don't know me from headbangers that they know me from loveline and that's that's also very flattering yeah oh it's a great it was it was a really, really, really cool show, and um, it was it was great. You you had really great uh, chemistry with Doctor Drew, I thought, and you guys you guys did a great job. And then I didn't realize this, so I used to watch the the VH1 the the reality shows. You had like you had Flavor of Love, and you had the sur the surreal no the what was it the surreal wife that's what it was and then eventually we had the rock of loves which were in my opinion that was the best one and then you got involved as well in in some of those uh vh1 reality shows what was that what was that all like at that time well, i did the rock of love reunions which was great because i got to be a live talk show host with all these yeah. things happening and i think i did a really good job on it and then they asked me to do um, Charm School, and I was on Charm School, and I did that show for a while. And when that when that season's done, I go, I ain't gonna do these shows. This isn't this isn't fun for me anymore. It's just stupid. And then they approached me with to be on a show called Daisy of Love, and I go, I don't want to do these shows anymore. And they said, I remember Daisy from they, they said, look. They said on Daisy of Love, you're like the voice of reason. You're like one of the stars of Daisy of Love. And I knew Daisy, and I was like, okay. And Daisy of Love was so fun i love doing that show i liked all the guys that were contestants daisy was great and i just had a lot of fun and for a while for a couple of years it's like everywhere i went i was like dude you're the guy from daisy of love it wasn't anything else and it, it was and i really enjoyed doing that show that was a lot of fun it was a big that those shows were huge that was at the height of you know it's funny MTV was the nineties, right? The eighties and the nineties. And then VH one in the, in the aughts was like, just exploded with all the, the, uh, the, the reality TV. And now it's all, I mean, nobody even blinks an eye at VH. I mean, the MTV still around obviously, but VH one is like, I mean, it's yeah, there. But you but know, it's I mean, these shows, they're rewarding kids for getting pregnant and, and, and people do stupid shit and act like assholes because they know that if you're on one of these shows and you act like a good person or normal, you're not going to last on that show that long. But if you're grandiose, and right. Sure, this they reward bad behavior, bad behavior, they're going to give yeah. you more time and you're going to get famous. And, and I mean, and look at all the people that have got famous for just being complete morons. So, you know, we make, we make stupid people famous. There were there were a few of those on one of the Rock of Loves. I remember there was one girl, she had a band, and then the band performed on the show. And I she I don't think her project ever went anywhere, but it was just Lacey. interesting. Yes, the redhead. Lacey got it because she was a character on the Rock of Love that was right. Eve the Lacey, and she became very well known because of that. So she was she was smart. New York too. On I when I would watch Flavor of Love, they brought her back. She when they did a second one and they brought her back, and then she got her own spinoff show. I mean, it was the the web, the universe. <laughs> Just what we had comic book universes, right? We we had comic book universes, and now we have uh, we had, there were, that was like a reality TV show universe. Um, and you are a comic book guy. What do you think? 
I mean, you guys, you guys were like, you know, talk about like, what if Glenn Danzig's like, you know, Wolverine back in the nineties and stuff. Always, now, always. He would have been perfect. I know. Wolverine. I know. I know. But now we're on the Hugh other. Hugh Jackman was good. Hugh Jackman was good. They, it was, it, it worked out. It worked out. Okay. But now we're on the other side of the spectrum. The nineties were a time. If you were into comic books, like it was not, you know, it was definitely like sort of like frowned upon generally speaking and the idea of like, well, what if like Tom Cruise played Tony Stark? Like just seemed like, you know, people would like cat do all the cast. And that was like a big thing. You talk about who you'd want to play in these Marvel movies. And now we're on the other end of the spectrum with all of these movies. They now all exist. What, how do you feel about that? How do you, do you enjoy them? It, no, I mean, I did like some of the early X-Men movies. I remember I was so bummed out when Spawn came out, but I didn't want them to ever make a Spawn movie because I liked the old episodes of Spawn. And- the HBO show was tight. That was a great show. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, it used to be that when there was a Marvel movie, I could not wait to go see it. And now they're coming out like every every minute and I could care less. Um, I will be honest with you. I thought the first Daredevil, not Daredevil, the first Deadpool which I really did not like the idea of them making a movie about Deadpool. Deadpool is one of the funniest movies I've seen in my whole life. That movie was so funny. But as far as being comic book movies, I mean, my problem is I need a little bit of believability in my fantasy. And I remember, I, I'll never forget, even though I was more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, I'll never forget when there was a Superman movie and Superman flew around the world to make the world go back the other way to go right. back into Christopher Reeve. That, yeah. Yeah. That's when I said, fuck that. Every, every story sucks because if you can fly around the world and go back in time, anytime any mistake happens, you just go flying around the world and make it go back in time. And that's when I just said, screw you. And I did. And, and I need believability. I think, I think the first X-Men X-Men's were really good. The only movies, the, which isn't new now, but the only recent ish adaptations of anything from back then that i think were really good were the last three planet of the apes movies which loved, i think, loved them love like them like i'm better than star wars I think so the last, good yeah they're so good and i so point and screaming i never watched them in the theaters because i didn't want to watch them. i'm like it's all computer generated i have no desire to watch it and then i saw one and then i watched the next one and then i watched the next one and we're talking after mark Wahlberg. Okay, right. after Wahlberg, right, right. Because Wahlberg just did a remake of the original with Charlton Heston, which is still th- those ones I still love as well. I love those as well. Um, love, yeah. love Planet of the Apes, and I'll tell you, it's interesting too. It's like this here's a big tentpole movie, and it's literally apes doing sign language, like dialogue, and the and with subtitles, and you, it, audiences are glued to the screen, just like captivated. It was great. It was really, really, really brilliant. Always, always, always love those movies. Um, I was supposed to ask this question too at the beginning. We're obviously we're winding down here, c- coming in for our final descent. I want to thank Ricky again so much for his precious time. Really appreciate it. Such an honor to have you on the show. Truly. Um, I asked. I want to ask. Well, this is what we ask everybody on the show. It's the thesis question of the show. I don't really know. It's just a juxtaposition of two words, pizza and punk. But I don't know. It just sounds like a good title. But uh, it poses the question: uh, Is pizza punk? 
whatever you think punk means. And then if it is, why? And if it isn't, why? It is because pizza can do whatever the fuck it wants. <laughs> and it can, it can put, you can do whatever you want with pizza. And pizza doesn't care because every, because pizza really doesn't care because pizza's like, Oh, you're going to eat me now? What, you're going to stick me in a box, leave me in the car, then put me in the refrigerator and eat me in the morning and I'm still fucking good? Like, pizza doesn't give a fuck. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be for you. And even bad pizza, as long as it's not really thick crust pizza, even bad pizza. <laughs> Deep dish. <laughs> I don't, like, don't like it. We got a place in Charlotte called, I think it's called Benny Pinellas. And the pizza is so huge. And they're always playing good music in there. And it's like just a punk rock pizza place that's not trying to be a punk rock pizza place. And it's really good. And I love, and the pizza's huge. And I love pizza. Matter of fact, when we go on our ride, if you out there know a good pizza place that Lee and I should ride to, go to the ride22.com or go to any of my social medias and tell me where should we should get pizza because we like going to restaurants that people suggest us to go to. Okay, I have one right for you right now on the air in Chicago. If you're finding yourself, I used to live in Chicago, um, and one of my favorite places to go. This is more novelty pizza. Um, speaking of speaking of Chicago, and I'm not going to recommend deep dish. I do not like deep dish. Deep dish pizza casserole. It tastes good. It's fine, but it's upside down. It makes no sense. Why are you going to? Just don't get it. Um, Sorts of wonderful slices you can get. Um, uh, what was it called? Demos. What was the place called? Demos Pizza. I'll I'll email it to you. I'll send it to you. Because I, I know when we went to, when we rode through Chicago, we went to a couple pizza places. Did you? Do they make their own root beer? That sounds familiar. And they have the macaroni and cheese slice, and they have the Smokey and the Bandit slice, which is uh, cheddar, bacon barbecue sauce, sour cream. They also do the uh, burrito slice. They have the macaroni and cheese slice. They have a ham cheeseburger slice. They did an apple pie slice. Stupid. Now you're just being stupid. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. Stupid. Ricky, Ricky, no, Ricky, you have to go. I just, want, I just like, I like, like the Ricky, you have to go. Place in New York. I just get like planes. <laughs> broccoli and I like broccoli on pizza. I like mushrooms and olives. Okay, um, so so how is that? Oh, so then how is anything that I just said different from broccoli on pizza? I mean, that's like you know, broccoli on pizza would fit. A burrito. Yeah, I mean, that would fit. Yeah, burrito pizza. That's right. You have all the burrito ingredients on top of pizza with tortilla chips and all sorts of jazz. Uh, you like ma yeah, um, macaroni and cheese on pizza? Come on, come on. Yeah, that's Ricky. a little. Bit, that's a bit of an old. Oh, I think my cat's going under his shit. Maybe I'll make some coffee. Um, um, yeah, perfect. That's perfect. That is really, really perfect. Um, no, but check out, I think Demo's pizza is really good. And let's, let's wrap up our show with, um, since Ricky is a, uh, fan of, of Glenn Danzig's music as I am. Um, let's ask him his, uh, give me five misfit songs, five Sam Hain oh songs. Oh my God. Danzig songs. Yes. Not into Sam Hain. Okay. That's fair. Totally respect. I don't. You should check them out, but that's fine. I know Ace tells me the same thing because Ace just loves Sam Hain. Yeah, Ace, Ace but, and I have uh, spoken in depth about Sam Hain. I love Sam Hain too. We've had some of the guys from Sam Hain on the show. 
Um, but you could just, so just give me Misfits, obviously 77 to 83 Misfits, the original Misfits. Give me five songs and five Danzig songs that you love, that you just love. You know, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a Danzig song that most people aren't going to think that I'm going to pick. But I always wanted to direct a video for, and I'm probably not even pronouncing it right, Sistinas is one of my favorite Danzig songs. I would have loved to have directed a video for that. I had a great idea for a video. What was your idea? What was your idea? It was that there was this, there was, I'm getting goosebumps because my vision, I can't really transfer, but but, um, it was black and white, like an old 50s film. And the when there was this, this vision of this woman that was just kind of floating over like a dead man's curve. And you heard that. And these guys would just like look and they would just drive right off the cliff, you know, because they'd be, they'd be lured by this beautiful vision of this woman that that didn't really exist. And, and what she would do is she would get all these guys to die, to, to, to drive off the cliff. It was kind of weird. And it was all like a fifties noir film that, um, with Danzig and, and, and like I said, you know, with Misfits, I like to pick things that are a little bit different. Like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, I love Eagles Dare. And I, and I, I love all that stuff too, but I just really love the pure rockabilly of American Nightmare. You know, that's just pure rock, you know, and I love, I love rockabilly. So I'll pick both of those songs as songs that I you know, I, I really like, and the other songs, I mean, the, the songs that are the most popular songs from the Misfits are some of the same songs that I, that I like to, you know, Attitude and Nike Go Go or, or whatever. But, um, but I just always love, um, he looks so good and red. American Nightmare is just, I like, that's Elvis. He's the evil Elvis, you know? Good song. So those are, for, for Danzig, those are such, and for, I mean, Danzig song, I mean, there were just so many good, you know, Possession, body, dude. Possession um, is a Sam Hain song, by the way. If you uh, if you like Possession, uh, then you like Sam Hain. You just don't even. Oh, it's the it's the best on Dan. It's the best song on Danzig One. I talk about Possession all the time. It's a great song. I was never really into Sam Hain. Maybe I need to give it a listen. I don't have any Sam Hain on vinyl. Uh, you should you should check it out. You should definitely check it out at some point. By the way, your video, your idea for a Sestina's video is like the most 90s idea. Like if you were to direct that in the 90s when Sestina's came out, that would fit. That video concept would fit in perfectly with anything wow. on MTV. A convertible, greaser, yep. convertible, driving yep. around Holland Drive. And, and this woman that may have been jilted by a man in the fifth you know a long time ago and and she just keeps coming back and he's like hey there's so much and he just drives off the you know that but is i don't think there's that people don't do videos and i don't think anybody's gonna hire somebody that doesn't do videos to do a video for a song that's 30 years old did you hear did you hear his danzig sings elvis record at all not it i bought it I, I really like it. I think it's a I think it's a home run that record. I knew he would do it. I mean, I knew he would this year like oh El Danzig sings Elvis. Of course he did. And the reason he did it is great. He did it because he wanted to do it. Yeah. You know? For sure. For sure. I hope he does more of those live those live uh Danzig shows, uh, uh Elvis shows where he's yeah, doing the actual cool. yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. Uh Ricky, thank you so much for, for Thank you. I had a good time. I love talking about stuff like that. So that's always fun for me.
Oh, just truly, truly a pleasure. Guys, check out again, check out um uh the website down in the description. The ride22.com. Follow me on social media. Um I don't have a TikTok, um, but everything else I'm a I'm a whore. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, as we always say here on the show, we say peace and hair grease. And we will see you next time.